So welcome to Clergy and Callers Getting Coffee. Today, my special guest is the Reverend Stephen Park Choi, who is the pastor of Stewartsville Presbyterian Church in Stewartsville, New Jersey. He is currently serving as the moderator of the Synod of the Northeast, a graduate of Princeton, loving all things Chicago, and a bona fide uh, sneakerhead, I think. Is that correct? Is that, that the term that is, you all that is correct. That's correct. So, so, so welcome. I would ask you to show me what sneakers you picked out for our interview today, but I, I think that puts you in an awkward position physically on Zoom. So I, I, I won't ask ask for that, but welcome to welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Leah. This is a great honor and a privilege to be with you. Now, Stephen, we met via Synod stuff like uh, some anti-racism trainings, mediation trainings, synod commissioner stuff or what, whatever. And what, uh, there, there are several things that, ways that you get to know people, I think differently during that time. One of the things that uh, we got to do outside of the meetings together was more the walking around uh, running and stuff. And now I, I know that you you did this for another project, but you've just taken that to an extreme level. You've gone, you've taken it to the like 10th power, the the running and uh, well, not you, well, you did running for a while. You did some five Ks and stuff. I did, I did. And but, now but you've I, moved into walking. Hiking, yeah. Hiking, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. that's uh, really become quite a passion or I, I talk about in terms of it, it's like a, it seems like it's a prayer practice, a, a way for you to like refuel and recenter. But do you, do you get some real clarity when you're out hiking or is, what does it do for your soul? Yeah. So before I answer that question, um, I think back to our time at meeting at the, is it the Desmond in, in Albany? The, the hotel yeah yeah and, and, uh, hotel yes it is it is and I remember maybe it was because it was inclement weather or cold like we actually ran the hallways Always. Of, yes. of, of the Desmond so that was yes. um, yeah it was raining I think and yeah. the treadmills in the gym were occupied so okay. we had to go plan c because plan B would have been outside. Right. And so plan we were really running the hallways and going up and down the different floors. And yeah, we did. We did hills, hills, as <laughs> like steps in the quarters. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Some good, some good times. I, I, I don't know how that sounded to the people who were staying at the hotel, but <laughs> yeah, I don't even remember. I didn't hear any complaints. So no. I figured all, all, all is good. That's right. That's right. But now you've taken that practice right. out of Desmond. And yeah, into so, so at that time, I wasn't even hiking. Mm -hmm. uh, we talked before before you hit the, the record uh, button that I went to Maine for the first time in 2020 during the pandemic. And while I was in Maine, we, we, we hiked quite a bit, partly because everything was shut down. And so a lot of people were going out into nature. And I just took that with me and uh, when I came back to New Jersey uh, and continued to hike. And so since then, uh, I've done over 200 different 
hikes, different trails. Uh, I've taken it to another level, but it's just been so, so good and healthy for me to do that uh, for a number of different reasons. Yeah. Physically, spiritually, mentally, uh, even emotionally, I think. Yeah. Now, what app do you prefer? The All Trails app. I think I should get, um, I don't know, sponsorship or referral every time I say All Trails. I mean, I feel like it's a new worshiping community potential partnership in the making, right? Mm -hmm. like, and and they would be your your lead uh, donor. Oh, but it's, but it's it's wonderful. If you've never been on it, I encourage uh, folks to check it out. Uh, you're able to find all the trails in your area. Uh, it'll give you directions to the trails, and then they also have a navigation. And so um, you're it's basically a GPS. And when you go off trail, your app, your phone will tell you that you're no longer following the trail. It's like a GPS for a car. And it's it saved me numerous times. If it wasn't for that app, I'd still be wandering in the mountains and the forests. Um, it's, it's truly saved me because some trails, you know, there's, you come to a fork in the road or you miss the turn and mm -hmm. you think you're on the right trail uh, and, and you're not. And so you have to circle back. Um, oh, oh yeah. I have, I have been there on a, on a trail that I thought I was doing the short route and mm -hmm. I was doing the outer rim. And then you go, oh, shoot, I do not have enough snacks for this. Right. <laughs> and you're like, do you forge ahead or do you circle back in those right. moments when you realize you're on, you're on the ridge trail? Do you, which, which one? Uh, which do way you, do you go? Yeah. Do you keep going or do you just turn back? Yep. So, yeah. so it's interesting when I hear you talk about the all trails oh. app like mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. I have equally heard people talk about the Bible in the same manner as like a, a gps navigation mm -hmm. uh tool as well so if you were to think about that relation i was i was like if you were to buy into that as a um premise mm -hmm. what are some of those books and or character who are some of those characters in the in the text that have continually or maybe even at different times been guiding posts to you to have help you along the way where where are some that you you go to routinely for 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 whatever it is that you would need it for god i guess if you use it like a gps i guess to ensure that you're on the right track mm. or uh you know a snack along the way i don't know how you want it you can take it any way you want <laughs> well you promised not to put me on the spot here i know uh, i did and uh, then i went and did it anyway yeah yeah there, <laughs> There's, there's my promises. So I don't know if there's any one character um, person in the, in the Bible uh, that I turn to uh, for, for direction or, or clarity. I, I suppose the, the answer should be Jesus. It's uh, always Jesus. This always is a, Jesus. a Sunday yeah. school, right? It's always That's right. Jesus. That's right. That's right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I don't, I mean, there's definitely places in the scriptures that I turn more to. Uh, and so as you're, you know, as I'm trying to process it, a good answer okay. for you, um, you know, we talk about the canon within the canon and there are places that you, uh, you go to. And so if, if that's, you know, what we're, we're talking about, yeah, sure. there are definitely a few places where, you know, I just need to be reminded um, when I lose my, 
my way. Uh, you know, like, I guess as, as I'm continuing to formulate a, a coherent answer, um, you know, whether it be the baptism of Jesus, transfiguration, uh, talking about the belovedness, and there are times in life uh, when things aren't going so well, when we don't feel so good about ourselves that we need to be reminded of. So I, I would say that there are places in scriptures, but not necessarily people, um, but there's definitely messages throughout the scriptures, verses uh, throughout the scriptures that I go back to, to find, um, to make sure that I'm on the right path and <laughs> yeah. not sideways. Not, not going sideways. I don't know. Sometimes I think sideways is the way that you have to enter. I, I feel like, you know, I think about that, um, all that, uh, what was he, paraplegic, Para, paralytic guy that was loaded by his friends through yes. the ceiling. Yes. Right? Yeah. So yeah. Sometimes I think that's an invitation that, yeah, you just, you got to get in. You got to like. Just get in. Just, just find Break a way. In. Break in. <laughs> break it tear off the ceiling lower down yeah. yeah i i i'm like those are some good friends man those are some solid that that guy found um a good community support network because they're not all of us have networks of people who are literally ready to rip off the ceiling and lower us down sure sure but i think that's the beauty of the the church you know there are times when you know, again, just in our in our humanness and our weakness, um, there are times where we need to be carried uh, in our in our faith. And I love uh, the the what Jesus said is that your faith, the collective your uh, in that scripture, uh, has made you well. And so it wasn't just the faith of the paralytic, but it was the faith of that that community. And so there's a lot, and uh, there are times we do the we carry one another. And then there are also times where I know uh, I've been carried, especially during times of grief, times of uh, suffering. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Now you're somebody who in the time that I've known you, one of the things I've appreciated I, I watching at a, a distance is you, you really have always seemed to have an adaptive style even pre-covid like i feel like in covid everybody had to be adaptive mm -hmm. and but um you are uh you're you're like always changing things up adapting moving you like you don't seem afraid to try something just to see if it will work <laughs> that <laughs> Is that, is that your take on me <laughs> that i mean that's my take of watching i said your ministry from like from afar afar yeah on social media and and other things like like that i mean i think yeah i i but but it's it's very watching it is very like it sometimes gives me the courage to go okay i'll i'll present this maybe mm. as an idea it's something i've been thinking about so mm. is that a quality you've always possessed like yeah i'll just try it <laughs> see or is that something you developed as you've been in a leadership role? Wow. Because um, I didn't know you as a kid. I've only known uh, you. Right, 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 right. As right, an adult. Right. Yeah, I, I think as, as a kid, uh, as a child, and even still, you know, some of the th things that I'm still working on is, um, you know, I was, I was a very shy uh, person and, and seeing who I am, 
today. Uh, it's like, how did I, how did I get here? Um, but you know, I, I think that one thing that I've always been complimented on was my is my sense of humor, mm -hmm. and I like to I like to have fun, and I you know I can be goofy at times, uh, etc. And so, I think just being that person, uh, knowing that, and then maybe embracing that, and not feeling like I have to be someone who's other. Um, I mean, Leah, I when I became moderator of the Senate, I made. Uh, I had a baseball cap made with uh, the, um, the words MOD on it and uh, maybe the only person in the denomination, any first moderator to ever have a, a baseball cap. But that's just, that's just the kind of the quirky, goofy, yeah. that's just who I am and, and, and embracing it. And, and it seems like even when I wear, you know, yesterday I was um, at another congregation and I wore my red Nike dunks because we mm -hmm. were installing and uh, ordaining and installing officers. And so I was in a suit and, and red dunks and, and folks there just loved it. But that's also, I, I just, I don't know. I, I think if anything- Yeah, you, you bring the sneaker game to what like the bow tie Presbyterians, like you're like, bow ties are cool and all. I'm gonna up the sneaker game I, of the clergy. It's, it's gotten, yeah. So this isn't helping me, uh, Leah, because it just further like pushes me further along. Um, I hate to even say this because I know this is being recorded, but now I have Jordans that'll match the liturgical color of, of the church. And so I'm accessorizing not only the color of my bow tie with my stole, but also my, my, my sneakers as well. This is, I think it's brilliant. And <laughs> I, I love it and I'm here for it. And I mean, that those uh, about your sneaker um, fund or whatever, those are conversations between you and your wife. Like I can just support you as a friend yes, from let's, afar, let's right? This, 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 let's keep this quiet. <laughs> so Laura is not listening. Um, she is not invited to. Uh, <laughs> but I'm not going to a link to this podcast. <laughs> I am all here for it. I mean, one of the things that I I know I told you because I because I know that you love sneakers is clearly based on the title of this podcast one could notes that i am a fan of jerry seinfeld's uh comedians yes. and cars getting coffee yes. yes and and i really got into that show like i was binge watching it in the evenings after senate stuff like or after the mediation training as like a decompression mm -hmm. and so i was chatting with you about it like that i was like this is such a great show and you know and he would match the cars. Jerry Seinfeld would match the yes. cars to the guest, right? Right, right? But what I noted, and I remember telling you, is like Seinfeld also always matched his sneakers to the car. Okay. Like, so, so I was like, that is something so subtle. Um, but like it was, he like accessorized, you know, because basically he's wearing the same outfit all the time, sure. but that his sneakers would coordinate to the car and um and i thought it was brilliant but um one of the things and i mean you mentioned your sense of humor and i agree i i find you hilarious but um my, but, my family doesn't think i'm very funny though Leah. Our families never do Stephen. that's <laughs> you know it was i it's hard like i my brothers are really all funny and so my humor is very different because mine of course is I won't say it's self-deprecating, but it's, 
well, <laughs> I don't know that it's always intentional either, but, uh, <laughs> but like, they're so funny that sometimes you, you don't necessarily think you are depending on the community you're in, like, you know, like that, that's not the attribute that they would describe, they would describe to you. But, um, but I think comedians are like modern day prophets if we were going to put prophets in i mean our comedians are our story tellers and they tell it in such a way right where they take something that is absurd already and then they say it in such a satirical or you know way that you're like ooh, it, it flips the framework right and I think sometimes that's that's part of what we do as as ministers as well. Maybe less of us do the humor part, but the storytelling aspect. Yeah. So the framing. So as I, as you say that, it reminds me of the the children's sermon, where I think when you're listening to uh, a comedian, your defenses are lowered, and mm -hmm. so you're able to to receive uh, a little bit better. And and I feel that the same is true of the the children's sermon for adults. Mm. Is that, you know, the thought of this isn't for me, this is for kids. And yet, because maybe your defenses are, are lowered, um, you receive more versus maybe even the actual sermon where now you're a little bit more guarded. You're, um, I don't know, uh, maybe you don't hear it as well. So, I, I, you know, just as an aside. Yeah. yeah, no, I think that makes, I mean, that makes brilliant sense to me that it, that there is this level of uh, as you call it, I think that's rightly named this defense. Like I should know this better. I've been hearing these stories my whole life, or mm -hmm. I, you know, I, oh, I, you know, or that's never the way I've heard that preached before. They don't know what they're talking about. I feel like those things can happen, um, can happen, uh, and aren't always helpful. Cause I mean, there are, I mean, certainly I remember when I went to Kenya for the first time, and saw bananas peeled the opposite way that anybody had ever watched peel bananas before <laughs> in my life. And I was like, what are they doing? Like, it was so like defensive up. I'm like, why? I don't really care which way people peel a banana. It doesn't make it peel right. a banana however you want to. But yet the first instinct was to get all defensive about like feeling like I have to protect or defend the way that I've always been is <laughs> the right way. And you're going, uh, is there a wrong way? I don't know. So, uh, but I feel like, I know that's an absurd example, but I feel like you're right that we do that similarly with uh, text or dogma or uh, policies, you know, that, that adage of we've always done it this way. And I just feel like your leadership style is more like, yeah, maybe, but what's the harm in maybe exploring it differently? I think you give me too much credit, Leah. I don't think I do. I think you give yourself not enough done. I don't know. I You don't think so? You don't feel like you're, I think you're trendier than you think you are. Is that what you're saying to me? I, I For sure, for sure. For sure. Maybe it's because I'm not one of your kids. Like I'm yeah. like we're peers instead that uh, I'm like, no. Uh, no, I mean, I mean, maybe, yeah, I don't know. There, well, there, there've been uh, so many, um, I think memes and TikTok videos about this, but, you know, I've quickly 
gone from, you know, dad to bruh. You, know? <laughs> you find that with you. I mean, like I have right one who's 13 now who yeah. really kind of, we are similar enough that we do a lot of, of okay. this, right? And yet I, ge I genuinely love this kid as a person, right? But they, they they will like say things that you're like, I am not one of your friends, dude. Stop. Like, <laughs> I don't know who, you, like, who are you talking to? There are times my husband and I look at each other with things our kids say that we're like, I wouldn't even say that. Like, well, my parents, our parents are both gone, but like, like you just wouldn't say that to elders in general. You just wouldn't. Sure say that to elders and like I feel like I wasn't raised I know I wasn't raised in what I call an elder culture comparatively to some other friends of mine who come from other you know backgrounds certainly my husband coming from Kenya it's an elder culture mm -hmm. where there's this just across the board level of respect for elders ways you greet them that are different and words you use and and things and and I know that that used to be very present in the U.S. at one time, mm -hmm. but I, I feel like it began to shift around our like Gen X era. And mm -hmm. with our kids now, they're like, talk, they'll talk to their teachers and be like, bro, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> you know, and I'm not all about the titles, but there's like, uh, I don't know. It feels like there's a line and yeah. that's it, but maybe I just need to adapt. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but so now you're, you're, you are moderating the Senate in addition to like your clergy things. And how does that, how does that go? How do you balance all of that? stuff and maybe the answer is you don't like between your parental things and your like, all those titles and things that we wear how do you how do you balance all that in your life because you've got a lot I do I do I do have a lot um as far as home life goes um you know hopefully I'll get a new pair of sneakers for this but I want to give a <laughs> shout out to to my wife uh but truly uh, in all seriousness uh if it wasn't for her support uh I wouldn't be able to do you know all that I am doing have done and so um it's it, her partnership you know she makes it um possible from the from the home front uh everything else is just trying to schedule it you know it's just good scheduling planning um knowing when you're going to be away, knowing when meetings are going to be. And, uh, and to your um, going back to self-care and, and hiking, uh, that's where it's really, for me, it's not just a, a luxury, something fun to do, but it's, it's absolutely needed. It keeps me grounded. It keeps me renewed. And it's, it's, not, it's not just a fun thing to do once in a while, but it's something that I really need to do to keep myself balanced and healthy. But you, you also, I think in ministry, like the visiting people and like, you know, grabbing a lunch, grabbing a coffee, doing those sort of stuff. That also seems like it's very important to you. And do you find that is far, like, do you enjoy meeting with people in a, I'll call it a neutral environment, like a restaurant or a coffee? Yeah. Shop? So those are, those are things that I think are, uh, 
absolutely things that I enjoy. Uh, on the best of days, it's feeling like we get paid, I get paid to take somebody out to, to eat, right? I mean, we get that, that's the best of times. Yes. Um, and part of it, I think, is there are other areas of ministry that I don't like so much. So I'd rather do the fun stuff than, uh, than the not so fun stuff. Uh, what, it, what is some of that not so fun stuff to you? Like paperwork or what? Like, Yeah, you know, one of the things that we're doing here at the church and that we need to really um, put more effort into is getting our manual of operations done. And so writing policy, uh, that's not necessarily uh, fun. It's, I know the value of it. I, I'm not saying that it's not important, but if it's a nice, nice day, um, it's not yeah. something that I necessarily would gravitate uh, towards. So that's just one small example. No, I think that's a good example. Cause I, I, I mean, what is that at, um, where was that? Credo probably, which is the thing that they do. We do like I remember the activity where we had to divide our time with things that were considered like homework, work, mm-hmm. work, soul work. And, you know, you're describing hiking that's soul work mm-hmm. and, and writing a manual of operations was different for everybody would be like chores. That's like chores, yeah. you know, yeah. 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 you know, it has to be done. You know, there's value in it, you know, all that stuff, but you're like, Ugh, well, the other, okay. yeah. And the other thing that and I'll be very honest that just comes around so quickly every every month is we do a month we still do a monthly newsletter, and so every month trying to write that one page pastor's column, yes. it's so stressful. It's and uh, to be very honest, uh, not the most enjoyable task for me. So I and I know ministers who enjoy it and they enjoy writing. They they uh, it's something that they. Uh, have the joy, uh, passion for, uh, that's not, that's not necessarily me. So I I'm with you on that. I love the newsletter that goes out. I just wish I did not have to contribute a column every month. Yeah. <laughs> like sure. there, I love the newsletter format. And like, I additionally do an e-news every week, like, but I don't write an article for them. Right, right, right. Like that, that is more putting together information as a way to like connect throughout their week and remind people of some things that are happening or, or different things like that has a different purpose. Um, Mm -hmm. But I don't write an article for that. You know, I, I just have to spend time getting um, the devotions and putting the pieces together or, or whatever. Um, But yeah, there are some, like, I don't like yard work. It's one of the things I realized in Mm -hmm. that, like yard work to me is not Mm -hmm. soul work. And it is for others, like being Mm -hmm. in the dirt, Mm -hmm. they love it. And I'm like, no, I'm for my husband. Like he loves it. Mm -hmm. He's a farmer. That's Mm -hmm. his background. Right. So, but for me, I'm like, this isn't, this is just like where I get poison ivy. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I, I don't feel the same about being out in nature. Like I love hiking and walking around and like I have my favorite local trails. And that often is what I do on my day off. Like my kids go to school and I'll go hit a trail that's not very far away or an art museum. Those are ways that I kind of um, refuel. Um, It's because I have always loved, well, I guess I, I've always really enjoyed uh, 
watching other people's things that they're passionate about if that makes sense so like artists yeah you get to glimpse of what it is that they're passionate about or even you know watching my friends be clergy and on their social media sites so you know like, <laughs> like fun and enjoyable so yeah. so are there um I should probably know this, I guess, because I'm part of the Senate of the Northeast as well. But yeah. do, do you all have a theme? Is there like a theme you're at, like, as you're moderating, this is like, do you have, do you have like an overarching purpose in addition to what the purpose of a moderator is? Like, um, yeah, now you're, you're going to get me in trouble. Um, I'm going to get you in trouble. Yeah, no, you're in trouble because I, should, I should know the answer to this. And uh, so I can tell you that I don't for for this year, but it is an evaluation year for the Synod. And yeah. there is a scripture reference that talks about value, you know, uh, walking around. Um, yeah, I'm, it's it's fine. It's I'm not going to judge you. I have it somewhere, but uh, there is a scripture passage. But what I can can say is that this is a year of evaluation. And and there is a team that uh, Sandana, our Synod transitional leader, has formed to take a look at the, the Synod and to see what we're doing, what we can be doing better, what we need to be doing more of. Now, uh, do you I, do that in yeah. your congregation as well? Because I'm like, Clergy are interesting because every year we approve our terms of call, but a terms of call is not a job description. Terms of call is more financially based, right? Correct. And like the parameters about that, but, and like in our book of order, clergy job is very sort of generically, I mean, it's very. So we could talk about this if you want. Um, I don't know what the clergy job is. You know, you, right. you say that 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 I'm doing all these different things um, that's outside the box. But the truth of the matter is, Leah, that I think like ten years ago, or I, I've been here enough twelve years. Twelve years ago, when I first started at the Stewartsville Presbyterian Church, like I had a clear understanding of what my role is as pastor you know, mm -hmm. preaching, teaching, leading mission trips, um, moderating session, you know, those right. types of things. I am less clear today of what I'm supposed to be doing than, than 12 years ago because, you know, life, culture, church, it's, it's, it's evolving and pandemic. Mm -hmm. And uh, all of a sudden now you have to be Zoom technology experts, right? Uh, everyone has a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, broadcasts, so to speak, right? Um, everyone's on, 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 on the internet. And so, yeah, um, I'm less clear today, as I said, uh, what exactly I'm supposed to be doing or should be doing. Yeah. And there, I, I don't know that there's always a lot of good guidance around, around that. And I, and I, I think it's also because, and I, and I'm wondering if in part it's because each community we work in is so varied and different in terms of what it is that they need or what it is that they view as the role of the pastor. Um, because with some, like I, I'm very fortunate is I have, I serve a congregation who sees a huge portion of 
I mean, not a huge, but like a seize is a portion of the work that I do is to be involved in the community stuff. Mm -hmm. So, so that is very great for me because that's something that I also enjoy. So it works. It's part of why I think we work. Like I want to be involved in those community efforts and those things beyond the, the walls or developing some of those partnerships. Um, but not all churches have that as one of the things that, that they, that they would lift up or they would want as a, um, as a congregation, but the pandemic being online now having to do all this stuff has definitely shifted our role as in it's far more public. Like there's already, there's already not a lot of anonymity as a pastor in your community. Like I can't go to Walmart in my pajama bottom. I mean, I wouldn't probably anyway, but I really, really can't because you never know that whom you're going to run into. I, I can't because my mom would be yelling at me in my head that that is unacceptable behavior. She'd be well, like tizzy. <laughs> I, I shouldn't say this, but if you're ever going to wear pajama bottoms anywhere, I think Walmart might be the place to, to go. No judgment, no judgment, but no I think judgment about you'll Walmart. fit right in. <laughs> Yeah, but it was, I mean, it's interesting, like some of these cultural shifts and, and then I realized like I, and I like you have been in my position for 12 years. And so when I started, I was in my thirties and I felt pretty young and now I'm in my mid forties and I feel less, I guess my children remind me that I'm not as young as I think I am in my head. (laughs) Because when I go to chaperone their school events or whatever, and I see some things or hear some things, I'm like, I feel like I'm like, in my day. <laughs> and I'm like, I have a deeper understanding though for like some of my clergy who are, I mean, not my clergy, my members of my congregation who are literally double my age, right? Like, I'm like, if I'm thinking that about this group of 20 and younger kids, like people, there's no way they're not thinking that seeing some of the things I do to be like clergy in my day would never like, would never had beards. I remember that being a thing with my dad. I don't know what it is for the dudes, guys, as it is for women, clergy, um, what things you can sort of, uh, get away with, but like, there was a time where not having a beard, like was my dad wasn't allowed, like people would flip in his congregation if he had had a, a beard, but truthfully, he looked better with a beard. <laughs> so like we, as his family, are like, no where you should wear a beard. And he's like, no, but there was a time where like, you're wearing your, your, your Cubs hat now, but there was a time that there's no way hats indoors or wearing like as a professional to wear a sports cap would have been considered. True. But, but again, sign of the times, Leah, uh, back in the day when you go to a, a baseball game, you know, people were dressed up. They all wore like fedora hat, like the men did, you know? Uh, and so it, it, it's definitely a different, different time and it means different things too. So yeah. Like, I don't feel I'm irreverent by wearing a, wearing a cap. Uh, Nor do I, but yes. But is it, I feel like those things we see stylistically, but then the words we say and use sometimes still feel like people are holding on to wanting that to remain the same 
even more so like the way that they've always heard a scripture preached on or talked about. I think I, I, as clergy, sometimes I get, I myself even get lost in what is policy and practice and what the passage actually says, right? Like, or what the Bible actually says, you know, so now I'm going to get myself into trouble here. Um, you know, things like original sin and stuff, that's not really in the text. That's, that's the way the text has been taught to what those like church mothers and fathers had, like mm-hmm. thought about. But so, so when you think about some of those trends and where we are, do you think like pastors coming out of seminary now or, or people wanting to come to church, do you think it's going to be less focused on those things and more focused on like less focused on the dogma and policies and more focused on relationships or do you think they still have an equal rate rate or weight you talk about dogma and policies yeah uh, are you are you tell speak more about that i don't know what you mean like, by like, I, I guess like uh practices or the way that like i love our book of confessions but some of them i don't I don't necessarily love the way the things are worded. Like it's, sure. I'm, it doesn't actually mesh up to where I am though. I, I appreciate the history of it. I don't have a problem. So are, saying. You, are you speaking to like inclusive, more inclusive language? Yeah, probably more yeah. inclusive language, a little less like, you know, I'm not, I'm not one for all the bloody language of Jesus. Mm. Like in general, that's not my, uh, not, that doesn't speak to my soul as much as like the loving images. I'd rather focus on that than the blood <laughs> images, I guess. But, um, but for others, that's you know. So even in the hymns and all of that, like those aren't my favorite hymns to sing. Even though I have people who are like, no, I want to sing all the old hymns, and I'm like, well, some of those old hymns though theologically are. Oh, I don't love the theology. <laughs> So, I don't know. It's just not so a I struggle think, that you have. Is this just Leah's struggle? Well, I, I think that <clears throat> I think that the for me, um, I think you need to have good teaching, right teaching. That's that's important. Uh, but relationships are also important too. So I don't I don't think that uh, this is a good answer. By the way, I'm going to give myself the points for this. Uh, I, I think they go hand in hand. Uh, it's not one, you know, versus the other, but it's it's uh, it's a and both. I think you need to have good good doctrine, um, good theology, uh, good teaching, but relationships are also important too. Yeah, I mean, for sure. And and, and, and I don't know about you, but for me, you know, I've grown up in the church um, throughout my life, uh, all of my life, I should say, and what kind of sparks my um uh, my my interest or uh sort of like kind of uh makes me kind of pay pay more attention to um is when i hear an interpretation of scripture that i've never heard before you know and and i like the newness the the freshness of uh, of that and so you know just different ways of thinking about you know scripture um and you know the ways that we were taught it, the ways that we learned it, 
and then now um, hearing somebody else's interpretation of it in a, in a slightly nuanced way that makes me think and go, oh, I never considered that or never thought about that. And, and I think that's the, the beauty of, of, of scripture, not to be preachy, but, you know, as, as the living word, right? That, right. that right. You can be preachy. It's all right, Stephen. Okay. You're allowed. This is, this is the context here of this, this podcast. This, yeah, I was going to say, Who's this is the right context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's so funny as I was my sister um you know we all grew up also grew up in the church all of us did my sibling and I but I'm the only one that's still in the church Mm -hmm. and uh and so my sister was like oh yeah I was listening to your podcast but she's like but I really just listened to when you guys talk about coffee and then when you start talking (laughs) real churchy things she's like I less listen and i was like what's so interesting to me about that is i i think one of the reasons i like to talk to other clergy friends is i i feel like sometimes what's presented as the um pastor's voice in the media is not at all like is not all the way i see most clergy i know um uh, leaning into scripture like that everybody I know is inclusive. Like all the clergy I know are, and I'm not talking about politics here. I'm just talking about like every pastor I know is preaching love from the pulpit and not, you know, nobody's telling anybody how to vote or like how to, you know, what they should believe on certain amendments or laws that are being made. I I know nobody who's doing that but i do know clergy who are looking at the news and looking at the text in as you talk about it in as the living word and making comparisons there or holding those sort of um you know those sort of things up but when you like i've never really heard you preach this is a this is a sad sad part about being clergy sometimes yeah. is you don't get to hear all right. your friends preach all the time which, um, which may be a good thing because i think i'd be very nervous <laughs> is that, you, i'm just gonna show up on sunday just i'm just gonna head down to new jersey make sure you're gonna be in the pulpit that day yeah. no uh but like so like when you go to approach a sermon or, or or a text or whatever as you're saying you really like these things do you do you also preach those things do you tend to preach what you've the way you sort of learned it or do you preach it in a way where you're you're weaving in these other perspectives or stuff wow i again i don't i don't think there's a one answer one answer to that um yeah i you know I, you just try to i think i try to be as faithful to the to the text as as possible uh and uh and pray that, uh, and again, I, Leah, I, I think maybe you do too. I'm, I'm kind of hearing this because I don't know your, your, your faith background, but, you know, I do definitely come from a more uh, conservative growing up in the Korean church, fundamental, evangelical even uh, background. And so, um, you know, that's really hard to, to shake. And that's what, you know, definitely for me, I'm not there, obviously, uh, today. Uh, I think I've grown, although perhaps uh, others will say that I've, I'm going backwards, but I, I do feel like I'm growing in my faith. Um, and so, 
you know, I, I do try to, to preach God's word and, and try to be faithful to, to that and, uh, and take, taking that seriously. Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's hard sometimes to, to know. I mean, I think it takes a lot of work yeah just... so is this you know is this my you know uh, my voice or my thoughts or is this truly mm-hmm. faithful to the to the to the god you know to the gospel to the to the scriptures uh, absolutely yeah there's a there's a lot of that i remember once i had a because we this is probably the part where placed in my in my work as a pastor where i have to be vulnerable in a way that makes me completely uncomfortable mm-hmm. like i hate it i do it faithfully every week, but I hate it is we send the sermon printed sermon booklet come, you know, along with the bulletins to our shut in list. Right. So they get a printed. When, copy. when do you, when do you do this? Every week. When, when? On Thursday. So oh my I, God. So yeah. you're done with your sermon on, on Thursday. Yes. I have to be. Wow. I mean, that's both, I think <laughs> very stressful, but yes. also kind of nice because then you'll have your your weekend off right yes and I so that's how part of how I keep my work-life balance is to having my weekends off is ensuring that I have to like meet this deadline deadline yeah um and then then I'm not doing now I come in early on Sunday morning and there's oftentimes a lot of rewriting that takes sure. place between sure. you know and even in the pulpit but I, I that's not unique to me I think a lot of clergy we sure. do that sure. um but I, I, you know, the way I say stuff versus the way I write things, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't always come across in the same yeah. manner or whatever, like preaching versus reading uh, a sermon. They don't, right? they're just not the same. And, um, and writing is not my forte. That's not a spiritual gift of mine. And, and you're doing a demon. <laughs> Yeah, I'm hoping they'll just let me talk it out. <laughs> I'm, I'm, maybe that this is the reason why we're such good friends because I feel you on that. It's so much easier for me to have a conversation or to talk. Like even, so to the point where like I could send emails, but that's just too much work for me. I'd rather call someone and just say, hey, this is this is what we need to do. Yeah. So, so like I have a... a yeah, I often get berated by my friends because my my emails and my uh, text messages are always so curt. Uh-huh. Yes. Yep. No. Like thumbs yes. up. Yes. Right. Yes. Like they're like that's not the way you talk at all. And I was like, that's the way I talk via text and via email because I don't like to write. <laughs> like I just don't. Like, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, why I'm doing a demon for the writing purposes, I don't, uh, yeah, that that's later, right? That's the last part because all the stuff we're doing now and like papers and stuff, why you do have to write, it's very different than like putting together a dissertation. Dissertation. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so that part, that part does come later and I'll just be like, I'll just cross that bridge when I get there. Cause all the like conversation in class and all the reading material and all of that, the, inter- the exchanging of ideas that I, I, I love, like I, I love. And so, um, but like that, that's a level of vulnerability. You just have to get over it. And I would also say, like, I don't know how, how you do it, but streaming everything online and particularly during lockdown, like I love to sing, 
Mm-hmm. And I have what I'll call a, 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 choir, a choir voice, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not a soloist. I have like choir voice, which means I'm on pitch. <laughs> well, I, I, I think that as a pastor, uh, this is just my opinion. I don't have a pitch and I don't have a choir voice, but you just have to sing loud because nobody else is singing. I mean, you just feel this pressure to like you're leading worship. You have yeah. to, you have to uh, belt it out. Yeah. But I was like, so when... So pre being mic, so usually prior to COVID, like I would do those things, but I could turn my pulpit mic off and sing basically like everyone else, right? Right, 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 But now that is also mic'd, right? For the people streaming online. And I have to go, I'm an alto and so many of these hymns go into the Uh soprano ring. Yep, yep. And I can't, because you're leading, I feel like, Prior to COVID, I would drop down and sing a heart. I would sing a harmony or I'd just drop a whole octave. Look at you. But yeah, well, I didn't say I did it well. I just do it. But but like, but now you can't. And so this level of vulnerability that you have to have to do has sort of um, ruined. Well, it's, it's, it's helped me embody progress, not perfection. I hear you. Yep. You know, like that we are always learning and adapting and stumbling. And even if it's something like we've said a thousand times over, even if it's like a doxology, which we've literally growing up in the church, you've been singing since birth. Right. And, and yet still you might mess it up. I think there's some beauty in that, uh, imperfection, Mm -hmm like non-glamorized uh version and i i will say anybody who's watching um following me will get a non i'm not known for my glamour Stephen. that's not no <laughs> the way i proceed forward <laughs> in the world so i i don't know if i'm any different than what i what i find is that um i'm not as different as other people um which I, I don't know if that's that, that's kind of clunky way of saying that um, that I really don't like how I sound and it's painful for me to listen to myself recorded. Mm-hmm. I remember before COVID, I would change the voicemail of my office phone to say that I'm going to be away and if you need pastoral care, call this elder on call. Right, Leah, I would spend. Like I would record, re-record, like I would spend sometimes like 30 minutes, 45 minutes on this, right? Mm-hmm. Working on this. Trying to make that sure it, that's perfect. That's perfect, that that I sound good, et cetera. And oftentimes, because people knew I was away, do you know how many folks would leave me a voicemail or would even listen to that? Like one or none, right? And, and so right. You, so it makes me think like, wow, I just spent like 30 to 45 minutes on something that no one's going to even really care. And I'm, of course, more self-conscious about it because this is me. This is my voice versus, you know, I don't know. Right. Yeah. So, I, I, I think I think that's interesting. Like um, I, I have leaned into that. Like one of the things I say is like in the pulpit is one of the places that I lead try to lead with vulnerability and i don't mean vulnerability as like telling all my life scars mm-hmm. and stories i mean vulnerability like saying like 
this past Sunday preaching a text that I was like, Whoa, this is some harsh words, you know, like that kind of vulnerability to be like, I struggle with this scripture. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know if, um, if I love this, sometimes I struggle with like, this doesn't always mesh up to how I see God or experience God in other parts of the text. This is not, mm -hmm. you know, I, I struggle with what this means or what this can mean and what that's saying. And that's the kind of uh, level of vulnerability, I guess, that I, I say, I feel like I, I try to lead with in, in sure. the pulpit. Sure. And, and maybe that is to go back to what you were saying earlier is that if it, it might be a way to sort of um, lower defense mechanisms of being like, yeah, I don't have any more right than anybody yeah. else. I yeah. have a particular role in the church as a clergy, but certainly right. don't model your life on me. We have someone else to model our life. <laughs> sure, sure. And again, I don't know if I'm the, I'm, I know I'm not the only one that feels this way, but uh, Leah, I, you know, oftentimes I come, I feel like a fraud, like, you know, people Opposing. think of in a yeah. certain way and, you know, think that I have like my life together and, you know, and maybe if you just watch, uh, follow me on, on social media, all I'm doing is hiking. And I've had people say to me, like, do you ever work? <laughs> you know? But, um, but it's not as fun. It's not as pretty. Look, like, look, look at your background right now is yeah. what you say, Cadillac Mountain in Maine. Yeah. That is way prettier than being like, this is my desk calendar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe, so maybe I need to be more, more authentic and show my, uh, what the real background, uh, let's see here you're not in the mountains right now yeah yeah so this is this is this is like yeah which i i said i maybe love we'll do this. maybe we'll do this for the rest of the podcast i love i love the accordion uh door so yeah so you can tell in my office i painted because purple is my favorite color oh, nice. and um <laughs> I thought I thought you were just accessorizing for Lent. I yeah, I wish I Lent all the time. Lent and Advent. Everybody's like, oh, we can use midnight blue. And I was like, but it's purple. Why would you change purple? <laughs> no, I'm all for I don't care. We can go midnight blue or purple for, for Advent. I I'm not bothered by it. But yeah, so it, I I was given permission to paint my office because it was oh, wood, nice. it's all wood paneling. So I'm like, my office used to look like 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 this. the same color as your accordion screen there and divider and and my office sits in the well you you've been you've toured our church but my office sits in the basement right it's down mm -hmm. in the basement level and so it's already <laughs> cave like anyway mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I was like I can't have um these brown walls like there needs to be something uh something a little uh different here just so I can feel more alive in this in this space because I I have a dungeon then huh yeah I don't want to live in a dungeon yeah. but I I think um you know those are those are things that make me feel uh better as we as I've as I've aged I've le leaned in more to those things I think at one point I might have wanted to keep hidden like my awkwardness or my you know, as you were talking, like you just lean into the humor, you leave it, lean into the, this is who I am. I'm somebody who wears sneakers and I'm going to wear my sneakers with a suit. And, you know, I do all the manual of operation stuff, but who wants a picture of a manual of operations in their social feed? Right. Like, 
Well, you better believe after we finally complete it, uh, get it all done, <laughs> we're going to celebrate that. We're going to celebrate <laughs> that. I, I, it's so like, people are like, oh, I'm a big rule. Like, I love rules. There's a reason that I serve at the Permanent Judicial Committee, the General mm -hmm. Assembly, is because I love the, like the rules and the policy. So I, I, I never mean to, but um, you know, I won't. That's part of why I'm Presbyterian is is because of that. Um, and I like the structure, but people are like, but you like the structure, but you also sit sometimes far out on an edge, right? Sure. And I was like, well, yeah. Well, you can only you can only break and bend the rules if you know what they are. That's right. right? You have to first learn the rules before you can you can break them, right? Or before you go, what's the purpose of it? Like, what purpose does this rule serve at sure. this point in our history? Like, there may have been a time, right. right? But like, if what it's doing now is a barrier versus the relational aspect, then I, I don't know that that's a great rule, right? Right. And speaking of off the cuff, and we, we come to our close, this is now, this is the, this is where I've been for the last uh, couple years, leaning in more into my, um, my eight-year-old self of um, the Care Bears. And now I think the Care Bears are a perfect um, symbol of fun ways to describe our spiritual gifts so so maybe this is uh your dissertation here it's like an enneagram <laughs> it might be right? it might be i think I it think, might be uh, yeah 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 so on your acknowledgments uh page you can put my name on there like, Sweet. Yeah, i will yeah, i will yeah, add yeah, you yeah. as a, as a thank you acknowledgement yes yes yes, yes. Um, oh I, I think that's perfect so so you know if you were to describe yourself as a care bear, if you oh were to gosh. be an embodied I, care bear. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know care bears as well as other cartoons. Oh yeah, you well, you don't have to know them so well as much as so they're colorful. Right. So you have to think about what color your care bear would be if you were personified in a color. What color oh. would it be? And then if you were to think about core Stephen Park Choi, what's at the center? of one of your like spiritual gifts or and personalities that you share out into the world because that's what Care Bears were. What would that emblem on your belly be? So it doesn't have to be one of the emblems that are on a Care Bear currently, oh, it can be whatever. I see. I, see. Um, I think the two, my two favorite colors are probably blue and blue and orange. Uh, Chicago-based teams, I went to the University of Illinois, uh, they're, they're blue and blue and orange um were they the lions are they the who no who who are illinois is what what's your what was your mascot uh the illini yeah i fighting illini yeah yeah that's what my mom was she went there for well she she left but she started there my oh, mom really? at the university yeah, of my mom grew up in peoria illinois oh, okay so. oh i didn't know that Mm -hmm. Well, Gerard, I think technically even smaller, but like she was born in Peoria. Yeah. Oh, nice. Um, and I think for me, what I'm probably most passionate about um, is mission. And, uh, and it's interesting because I'm not having a, um, as I'm thinking about like my vocation, my call, you know, what energizes me. Uh, it's definitely, as we've talked about it, it's it's definitely more 
um, mission helping ministries. Um, so I don't know what symbol or what would correspond to, to something like that. Well, I, I guess uh, I, I would say go with your first, if you were to just visualize it, go with your first instinct. So I, this is painful for me because I'm not an artsy person. I was at a synod leadership retreat and they made us do artsy stuff. And it was like, so, so painful. In fact, when we had our retreat this year, I said, is there going to be any arts and crafts? Because I may not be available. To <laughs> well, I arts and craft like a third grader still, like uh, not like even figures. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's not my forte. Like I do a lot of things mediocrely. So does, P does PDA have a uh, symbol or? I don't, you I know, I'm do. sure they probably do. I just don't know what it would what it be. Might be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know when I think it depends on what you think of mission. Like there's a part of me when I think of mission, I think of like a helping hand, sure. there's another yeah. part of mission. I do think of like the walking. So like a, a foot or, or a sneaker <laughs> would be maybe what I think about that walking alongside. Yeah. And then of course, there's also all the tools that, that one could use for uh, missionary work. So I guess it's just like, what's, what's embodied for it for you when you say you love mission what's the aspect of yeah i, I would I, I would go with your first uh the first answer there uh the hand. Hand. but if we can get some shoes on there uh somewhere like it's like a build-a-bear <laughs> <laughs> well i feel like your care bear would maybe have a helping hand but your uh blue and orange care bear would also have to have some nice kicks like nice oh, absolutely scooters. Absolutely. Like it wouldn't, your Care Bear is not barefoot. Yours is definitely wearing some sneakers, but, right, 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 um, right. but that, I mean, that, that's classic, I think, Stephen then. Um, but oh, so thank you for indulging my question. I, I do, I do realize that when I get to that question, that my friends really are um, grinning and bearing their, their lack of desire. They do not think in the same way. And they're like, did I, but did I see somewhere, it was, was it you that had this, this thing, like this questionnaire thing where oh, you answer questions yeah. and then based on your questions that they'll tell you which care bear you are? Yes, I did. I did share the Buzzfeed care bear uh, thing because I have uh, preached a sermon, a care bear sermon. I actually am, um, so I am not one who generally recycles sermons, but I did for the presbytery meeting that's coming okay. up. I'm okay. going to, I I am preaching the Care Bear sermon for the presbytery, but that is being done because my friend and I are not related to the dissertation, but we have been working on a spiritual gifts Care Bear uh, workshop day. Okay. okay. And so I feel like it, I'm preaching the sermon in the hopes that then when we send out the information about this workshop, people mm -hmm. will connect those um, things and understand more about what it is. Yeah, but a lot of people took the quiz. I was love a lot there in mm -hmm. that um, description, in, in that BuzzFeed, which, you know, I guess for people, if you were to read the description, it wouldn't necessarily be so um surprising or whatever um that I love a lot bear because it's mostly about and and this is accurate I think to part of I I I'm a 
cheerleader supporter type though I never actually was a cheerleader never ever like I feel like I need to go on record <laughs> saying that like you have you have witnessed my dance moves at a social function R- river like- dance that's what I think of you that's like so it you know again I know I know we need to finish up here yes I I you know I've been thinking about like what are the like three or five things that people remember like about me or about anyone and mm-hmm. for you it's definitely that's up there river dance is river dance five yeah yeah like running running the 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 hallways of of the desmond and yes the river, river dance is up there too yeah I, and, I I, never, I think- and i can never say your last name right so i always call you know i always call you leah nutella yeah that is that's what everybody um that is the classic mispronunciation well and i know i'm mispronouncing but that's just you just become every time i see nutella it's i think of you (laughs) which i feel like there are worst relationships the worst correlations that people can make i'm like a chocolate hazelnut spread that's like that's delightful that i'm not going to be sad about that that That's that's a delightful way to be remembered by people. But speaking of that, thank you for taking the time to uh, partake in this conversation with me today. I have loved it. Thanks, Stephen. It's been great to catch up with you, Leah.